on the YouTube one. Let's get started. Navigating Forward, Part 8. This is a uh, this is turning into a really cool series. It, at least for me, it is. If if it's not for you, um, that's fine. Um, not not everybody realizes that there's a, a sequence to some of this, but there really is. And the reason there's a sequence is because we're always being at least I'm as a pastor, I guess I'm being asked. You know, what about this? What about that? And sometimes the questions start repeating themselves. And uh, the teaching that we give here week to week, and it's saved forever, um, we cover a lot of stuff and we repeat once in a while because re repetition is critically important. Um, but these these topics we're talking about, navigating forward, how do we look ahead? And now when I started this, it was the beginning of the year. And 2021 was looking like, what is going to happen in 2021? How do we make decisions? Uh, people have lost jobs. They may need to recreate their direction. Relationships have fizzled and become very strained. There are some people in really tough relationships right now. Um, all kinds of fears, school fears, you name it, all those things can hit. So what are some foundations that will help us make wise decisions? Because I think some people make very unwise ones quickly. They live from the place of emotions rather than from a, um, a very careful thought through process, um, usually with wisdom coming from not just yourself, but from others. So that's why we're doing this. And I want to begin today's um, talk with a, uh, uh, a note from Henry Nouwen. He put a devotional out this week, and I thought this was really cool. It's the voice of true love. This may be, this may be all you need today. I don't know. But uh, it goes like this. Fear is the great enemy of intimacy. Fear makes us run away from each other or cling to each other, but doesn't, does not create true intimacy. When Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, the disciples were overcome by fear, and they all deserted him and ran away. Fear makes us move away from each other to a safe distance or move towards each other to a safe close, closeness. But fear does not create the space where true intimacy can exist. To those who are tortured by inner or outer fear and who desperately look for the house of love where they can find their intimacy, their heart's desire, Jesus says, you have a home. I am your home. Claim me as your home. You will find it to be the intimate place where I have found my home. It is right where you are in your inmost being, in your heart. The most attentive we are, sorry, the more attentive we are to such words, the more we realize that we do not have to go far to find what we're searching for. The tragedy is that we are so possessed by fear that we do not trust our inmost self as, we, as an intimate place, but anxiously wander around hoping to find it where we are not. We try to find that intimate place in knowledge, competence, notoriety, success, friends, sensations, pleasure, dreams, or artificially induced states of consciousness. Thus, we welcome strangers to ourselves, people who have an address but are never home, and hence cannot be addressed by the true voice of love. That's why we're doing this series because we can be consumed by fears and go looking for answers in places that we're not supposed to be going, places that don't even exist. 
So today we're going to talk about resolving in advance. We started last week. I'm going to end uh, this section uh, this week with resolving in advance. You will have challenges and trouble, so let's prepare for them. That's what the, this is. So far, we've covered this. These are the foundations that shape decisions. Number one, we start off with attitude of gratitude. We got to begin with the place of contentment and we covered that for two weeks. Then we talked about learning from those who've gone before us. And we talk, you don't know it all. None of us do. And uh, we've learned from, uh, um, I think that was the story of Joseph. And that was really cool hearing his story of how he walked through a lot of difficulties. Having the eyes to see, to check your blind spots. And then last week we were talking about the book of Daniel and how Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego faced some things but it's what they did in advance before they faced those things that matters that's why this particular topic is so important next week's gonna be great the next two i'm really looking forward to uh, they're yeah we'll, we'll get there in a moment but last week we talked about king nebuchadnezzar we talked about a dream that he had and the dream becomes the obsession later and it goes to his head i don't know if you remember that <clears throat> he has this dream about the uh, uh his statue and it's made of gold, silver, bronze, iron, clay, feet, clay and iron feet mixed. And a stone comes and smashes it. Um, but then a chapter or two later, suddenly there's the statue of him. So he took whatever that statue was because it said the head represented him. Well, then he makes a whole statue of himself. It's funny how when we, over, we take um, compliments or affirmation too far, and we just keep needing more and more and more. And there's like a greed for affirmation that comes. And life becomes all about us. We find ways to promote us. Self-promotion is brutal, okay? And people, if you're doing it, you probably don't know you're doing it. But all your friends do. It's funny how that works. Facebook's really bad for that. But if you can't make others the center of attention and see them get glory and encouragement and and praise but you always have to find a way to get it yourself there is an insecurity there that has to be addressed there's some there's a voice you're not listening to deep inside and this is what happened to king nebuchadnezzar he made a statue of himself pride consumed him and yet Humility still came. Uh, there is a bit of a pattern here where King Nebuchadnezzar, a crazy man, okay, crazy leader, irrational, has a couple revelations. The first one didn't quite take. He, he gave God honor and promoted people, but then he got consumed again by pride. And then we have this this next story of uh, of Daniel, Shad, sorry, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, calling them out on, hey, we're not bound to your statue. So there's there's some things to learn here. If, you, if you're trying to create a future or a label for yourself, um, uh, really rethink that. That's the exact opposite direction of Christ. Christ was not a, a promoter of self. He said the way up is down to humility. In fact, I just saw a post this morning uh, on that. It was beautiful. You know, God's God's desires not that we become well known everywhere you know if he wants to make somebody well known is he not big enough to make somebody well known and it would never be for selfish intent it would be for god having a plan that's a tough one to swallow 
because our world is telling us self-promote, self-promote, self-promote. You know, what's your what's your mantra going to be? What is your logo? What's your purpose? All these things that can consume us and distract us from intimacy. The very thing we just talked about. That That's interesting. Think about that for a minute. If you're struggling and you have fears, I wonder if intimacy is what you're really after. You want a oneness with God. You want a, a place of peace of just... Lord, I need rest. Only you know that. Well, there's a lesson that happened when the three young men are thrown in the fire, and this is pretty cool. Remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? God didn't put out the fire. He just put Jesus in there with them. It's not about God putting out your fires. It's about who is in there with you. Now, it says there was a fourth man in the furnace. Some said it was an angel. Some believe it could be Jesus and you know, all of it's all of it's right. You know, Jesus is the source of all that encouragement. But uh, uh, sometimes we pray that God will take us out of trouble, and we we pray quickly because everybody, nobody wants trouble, nobody wants difficulty, nobody wants to be in their tough situations. But we're not going to necessarily be delivered from our troubles, but we will have one walking with us who will never abandon us, and that's really important to remember. Here's the thing I want you to take away from this whole lesson, this week and last week's. Daniel resolved in advance. He was determined. He was purposed. He made up his mind. He resolved. These are really big things. So let's take a look at some thoughts on this. We were going to get into this last week, but didn't have time. Number one, Daniel, when he decided uh, in advance uh, to not delight in the fruit and food of the king, um, they were, they were very much trying to think in advance of their own heritage. So very much like an athletic uh, or intellectual training, medical training, etc. You're preparing for any circumstance. You're ready to act. Uh, I was watching hockey last night. Imagine that. And um, I think it was Austin Matthews, who's a Toronto Maple Leaf. Uh, there was a really cool play he made. I know if you're not a hockey fan, you still, you'll get this. But he did this incredible dit 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 with a stick in front of the goalie and scored. It was very bizarre to watch and uh, the commentator asked him at the break uh, in between periods and said so when did you start practicing that uh, move he said i've been practicing for a long long time so to see that kind of professionalism and skill it happens with much practice he was practicing it in advance in the event that circumstance came up he was able to perform that task well in the exact same way this is how we are to be preparing for our future to resolve in advance to decide how we are going to face certain circumstances trouble is going to hit the fan all right the dung is going to hit the fan not everybody's going to have a great day somebody's going to have a, a difficult time there'll be health crises financial crises world crises we don't know it's all going to happen but again we're not here to obsess on that we're to be obsessed with the one who walks with us through it um i've been working with the kitchener fire department for many years and before that, I had the privilege of being with the Fort Erie Fire Department and as their chaplain. And I had a lot of opportunities in Fort Erie to, to go to uh, scenes, to uh, go to a lot of training sessions. I've been to a bunch of them here. And something that's bizarre that I, I really valued, um, they, they took a bunch of the political leaders, the councilors from the township, the, um, the mayor, all these people, these uh, 
media people that were quite well known. I, I was allowed to join them for a full day of introduction to fire department training. And there were four main stations. There was one spot was um, we got to go into a burning building on fire with hoses and put out a fire. We got to learn how to resuscitate somebody doing CPR and trained in that. We got to go to a car and, and learn how to smash the glass properly, how to pry open a door on a, uh, uh, a, from a crash scene and such. It was, it was quite incredible. In fact, <laughs> the, one, the one scene, the fire building, um, I went in, I was uh, towards the front of the hose and uh, we got really close to the fire. And I'm thinking, it's hot. I'm, I'm really hot, but I can't wuss out because I'm the chaplain, right? I can't complain. And I'm, my, my arm's killing me. Like, this is, this is really hot. And I'm, I'm burning. I didn't realize when I came out later, I had been burned through my fire suit because uh, I was so close and not, uh, not moving. Um, but the point of this training was learning how to prepare in advance because you're going to face these circumstances. Um, they're being trained for all kinds of circumstances that have not happened or have happened in the past or may happen in the future. This is the same training we need in our mind. Do you realize that? Too, too often we're, we're reacting to life. We're always planning our little dreams and, and looking for all the nice, wonderful things, but we're not, we're not pausing and preparing for difficulty. How are we going to respond if someone's in a bad mood in our house? Um, again, when I'm telling you this stuff, I'm not coming to you as one who's arrived. <laughs> In fact, sometimes when I'm saying this stuff, it's like, crap, I'm realizing, oh, yikes, I've got a situation that I wasn't very trained in and uh, didn't respond the best, and I got some repenting to do. Happens a lot for me, but uh, maybe not you, but for me for sure. But maybe, maybe when we come to a place of peace and we trust the Spirit of Christ to to guide us and again this is a real this is another really important point uh, it's not in the notes here but um, um we can over plan things as well that's no excuse to not plan but there are times we can overthink over structure over have, have all these categories and notes of what to do in the case of an emergency and all those distractions take our eyes off of christ who is our peace how what how do we deal with that tension i'm not sure only you can answer that because you know your own intensity. So keep that in mind. That's this whole idea of resolving in advance. This is really important if you need to make future decisions. Um, something else that was pretty cool in the story is uh, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were willing to stand alone when necessary, and they did. They stood up to the uh, the training uh, leadership when they were being trained to be wise men. Um, they asked not to eat of that food and were given a chance to, to not. Well, why did they say no to the food? It's likely that some of the food was uh, forbidden in their Jewish law and they wanted to honor their God. And in their mind, they saw that it was a slippery slope of dependence. You can easily move over to the, the poutine and chicken wings and pizza and, and that not be healthy. <laughs> but... They were determined not to give in to the pressure in advance. In fact, I should have looked it up. I didn't. But uh, in another uh, Old Testament story where they cover the whole journey 
um, they were making their decisions on their way to Babylon after they were captured. It was then that they were determined, we will not give in. That's pretty cool. Some of us, crisis happens, we just go with the flow, back and forth, and sometimes that's all you can do. But in your mind, you can slow down. It's incredible. They were determined. They resolved in advance. And here's the other part. He was with others in his convictions, Daniel. He was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There is strength in community. I know we can't meet in person. Some places that are watching here, you, you, you're allowed to meet with more and more people. But where we are here, we're not really. Uh, this pandemic's not over yet. It will be over. Um, it is coming to an end for the intensity. But to, to be able to connect like this on Facebook, on YouTube, um, when we can meet, having the camaraderie is critical. Um, you don't do this alone. There are some folks who are trying to do this alone. They don't reach out to others. They don't interact with the conversations. Even on Sunday mornings when we're all kind of together, there's no emailing. There's no phone calling. They're very isolated. Uh, and I've talked to some, and that's, again, this is not criticism um, to the ones that have chosen to do that. But there are some others who feel neglected but they've also not engaged in any connections that can't be fixed apart from yourself. You have to make the efforts of reaching out to others. This is what, that's what community is and be thankful for the connections you have had. I'd say, be careful with your expectations of others. You can have your own expectations. It's fine. But when you port your expectation on someone else and say, you ought to be doing this for me, you've crossed the line. All right. You have no idea. Again, this is to be, if you're going to say you're a believer and love Jesus, then be the agape. Agape means other-centered, not self-centered and self-taking. I don't know where I went with that, but I, I've just heard a lot of people having a hard time. And in my mind, I can't, I've not been invited to give an honest response. All right? I'm just, so I, I can't say what I think. And not a, maybe it's not always wise. But if asked, you want a real answer? Ask some of your closest friends who trust you. Ask them to be really honest with you. What do they see? And be ready to learn from it, not to be hurt. And if it does hurt, let it hurt you. But what's going to hurt is the part of you that's not real anyway. So good. Let that be purged <laughs> to reveal the, the real you. I think it's great. So anyway, these are just some thoughts on Daniel. The word resolve or resolution, it means to come to a definite or earnest decision about, to determine to do something. I've resolved that I shall live to the full. Isn't that great? <laughs> or to settle or find a solution to a problem or dispute or contentious matter, settle it, solve it, and fix it. Um, example, the firm aims to resolve problems within 30 days. So there's a, a determination that happens. I hope you're hearing this word, resolve. Like, where do we get this from? <laughs> January 1st every year. What are your New Year's resolutions? Well, that's what this is. This is the resolve that I'm talking about. And I'm not saying we should make a big list of resolutions. I think some of those are mostly unhelpful unless it's the kickstart to realizing there's a, something I want to alter and correct, do a course correction in my life. So I've got my list. <laughs> so it's a resolve or a firm determination to do something or not do something. So that's pretty cool. Nehemiah. 
Oh my goodness. You want to take a look at another Old Testament story? I love the story. I should almost go over this one again. Not today. I haven't got time. But this one's really cool. So Nehemiah hears news about his home city being in utter ruins. And the walls are destroyed. And he's, oh, it says here, And they said to me, Things are not going well for those who return to the province of Judah. They are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down, and the gates have been destroyed by fire. When I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned and fasted and prayed to the God of heaven. Wow. That's amazing. So here's what's happening with that story. We'll get into it another time. I will come back to this story. I love, love this story. This is another one of my favorites. There's a few favorites. The Joseph one's obviously one of my favorites. But this one, and, and the Nebuchadnezzar dream of that statue, the stone coming, that's another favorite because of what it says about the future, the coming of Christ. But here in this story, the rest of the story, he is determined to do something about it. He doesn't just sit back and go, oh, that's terrible for Jerusalem. Those poor, poor people, let's pray for them. No, 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 no. It's what his prayer is right after this in Nehemiah chapter 1. Go and read it. It's pretty cool. In fact, if I remember correctly, he says, Lord or God, we have sinned before you. Well, he's over in another place. He's not even close by. But yet, he identifies himself as a participant in the pain and loss of Jerusalem. And so, he prays, and then he determines to go and talk to the king about being released. He's a cupbearer to the king. So, he's got a really high position, okay? And he ends up getting permission to go back to Jerusalem. Not only that, God gave him favor. And the king gave him a, a guard uh, to, to go with him. Not one guard, but a, whole, a bunch of people. He gave him all the supplies. He gave him timber from the king's forest to build the, uh, the gates for the city. Oh, my goodness. Uh, this guy, he, he was blessed beyond measure. And obviously he had tremendous wisdom. But he resolved to do something about it. He didn't just take this news and do nothing. What do you do when you hear of the need of someone else? Oh, I hope they'll be okay. Yep, everybody's got stuff going on. Yep, for sure. And we do that for everybody? Or is God nudging you to actually contribute and be a part of the solution? To be an encourager somehow? I, I don't know what it'll be for you. And, you know, you could be really cynical and say, well, you know, everybody's got trouble. You're always going to find somebody that's got more needs. You're never going to meet all the needs. But you can help encourage just one person that's the that's the god downward picture not the upward of how many people can you influence instead this could be one-on-one -on -one. this is the opportunity maybe where god is saying to you you don't need to have your name promoted you don't even have to broadcast on facebook look folks this is the person i helped this week photo click selfie no that's that's you, that wrecks it we can't be doing that Oh, but I'm just trying to encourage everyone else. No, you're not. And yes, it's kind of fun, but no. You, you know what I mean. Listen to your heart. Your heart's good. God gave you a new heart. Listen to it. Sometimes we hear our emotions, not our heart. <laughs> Very different. So, resolving, 
He resolved. He did something about it. Here's another well-known story we know. Joseph in the New Testament. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel said and commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. So what was he resolving to do? He was resolving to leave her, to divorce Mary, to say, Bon voyage, you say you didn't sleep with a man, but I just can't believe it because it makes no sense. And it didn't. That's why it required supernatural intervention. And he considered it, and here's what he did. He resolved. He did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. That's it. What do you do with the information that comes your way? Do you toss it? Do you ponder it? Do you go, nah, that wasn't real? <laughs> I don't know. The great story. In 2021, what could we resolve? Maybe not what will you do, but what won't control us anymore is something to consider. What do you want to give up? What Lent thing do you want to give up? We've heard a lot about Lent. And uh, in fact, one guy wrote, Lent's all for Catholics only. What are you talking about? No, it's not. Lent is for the history of the Christian church. And I found something else cool. Brian Zahn put on a really good uh, uh, Ash Wednesday message. Look it up, folks. It's worth watching. It's short but good. And one thing I found intriguing was the uh, the whole idea of fasting is not it's not 40 days, it's 46 days. Now that may be a different tradition, I don't know. But there's a category of Christian history that does the 46 days because on the Sundays you don't have to fast your thing. So you get to celebrate and enjoy and be fine. And then for the next six days, you fast what it is. You Anyway, it, that was really cool. I, I thought that that makes a lot of sense and almost doable, especially if you have self-discipline issues. <laughs> but that was really cool, you know, to give up your rights, to not let things control us, to learn self-discipline, something our culture's not good at. Maybe we can surrender the rights we said we gave up. <laughs> uh, honestly, in the last year, it's all about rights, 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 my rights, church rights, church rights to me, rights not to wear a mask, rights to wear my blah, blah, blah. Guess what? As soon as you start pulling the rights card and you say you love Jesus, I'm going to call you on it and say, hang on. Me, as a servant of Christ, I have given up and yielded all my rights. And are there really rights? Love is what we are to be. It really is. Maybe, maybe instead of making new resolutions, how about take on the commitments you've already agreed to? Take care of your family. Be kind to your spouse. Be loving like you promised. Be a parent. How about a parent without ulterior motives? How about parenting your kids for your kids' sake, not for your own promotion? How about um, doing your job at work really well? Something you've already committed to. You've been lazy. You've been cutting uh, corners. How about not? Like, why not? Think about these things. These are, these are powerful, powerful things to think about as we head towards Easter and celebrate the one who gave us our new life. We're thinking about. I hope I'm not going overboard on this stuff. Sorry if I am. So what's the bottom line here? Love. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Ouch. Okay, that one hurts. Love's not jealous, boastful, proud, or rude. So 
Are we boasting about anything? Oh, look how good I am. Or are we proud? See, look what all that I did. Or are we rude? As in short, harsh. I, I've, I've done that. I've done that with my family. I've done that with coworkers. It happens. We don't mean to, but that's not love. So we repent of it. Love does not demand its own way, but I want it this way. Hmm. Love is not irritable. <laughs> that one's good. <laughs> it keeps no record of when it has been wrong. That one's hard. But this is what your Heavenly Father does. Keeps no record of wrongs. That's another sermon right there. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. <laughs> I have to admit, I've grinned and cheered quietly when certain individuals' lives suddenly took a turn because they were so boastful and proud. I was like, ha! Well, the moment I did the ha, I was judging myself. Didn't think of it at the time. But looking back, you realize, oh, it's the same judgment. Love never gives up. I love this from the Passion Translation. It says this, Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all, not just those you agree, that agree with you. It refuses to be jealous when blessings come to someone else. Oh my goodness. How jealous are we of some mothers? Look, they got everything... Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect, nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated. There you go. That's the better word. Uh, I like the word. The other translation says love is not ir irritable. This is a better, clear way to say it. Love is not easily irritated. Okay. Everybody's got buttons you can push they'll go too far but love true love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense is your habit to quickly be irritated or quickly take offense huh that's not love that's something else and that needs to get purged hmm. love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong love is a safe place of shelter for it never stops believing the best for others Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. Wow. That is a really big deal. Uh, I'm not going to be able to get this one done. All right. Uh, do you know what I'll do? I'll read it, but we're going to end the resolve with this text. I, I, I got so much I want to say about this one, but I haven't got time. Um, you can look it up. And I've covered this one many times, and I will cover it again. It's just so, so good. So we're going to wrap up with this text from 2 Peter 1. This is, I, I beg you to resolve, to grow. Don't be satisfied where you're at. I pray that you um, ask God to reveal the hunger he's placed in you, <laughs> to grow more in your understanding of his amazing love and grace. Peter writes, I'm writing to you who share the same precious faith we have. This faith was given to you because of the justice and fairness of Jesus Christ, our God and Savior. May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. There's the key right there. 
May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. This is about growing in knowledge of God and Jesus. Those are the benefits, grace and peace. I like the Passion Translation says, May grace and perfect peace cascade over you as you live in the rich knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. He continues, By His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. This is one of the most powerful verses, right? Well, they're all powerful, but this is one of, this is like a highlight one. It's by His divine power, He's given us everything. As in past tense, you lack nothing. You have everything you need. So why do we need self-promotion? Why do we need to make a name or reputation of ourselves? Oh my goodness. It's so tempting. He's given us everything. We have received all of this by coming to know him. Oh, there's that key again. And the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. In view of all this, make every effort, a.k.a. resolve, determine, make every effort to respond to God's promises. They're already yours. Supplement your faith with generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient endurance and patient endurance with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and with brotherly affection uh, with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But, How come there's always a but? But those who fail to develop in this way are not bad people. (laughs) It says they are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. So dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among God, those God has called and chosen. Do these things and you'll never fall away. Then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You want to know how to navigate forward? That was a pretty, pretty strong argument. Some pretty good points to help you as you navigate help you before you make your final decisions on some things i hope you'll take that to heart well i hope you guys were encouraged today that was a lot to take in and i hope i didn't rabbit trail too much but something was just egging me inside of uh, anyway hope that was good 
Folks, I hope you'll uh, join us after the service in a few moments. I'm going to turn on the Zoom call. If you did not get the link uh, via email, send me a private message on Facebook in just a moment, and I'll copy the link, and you can join us. We're going to be on for 15, 20 minutes or so. And just, just chatting, hey, just a quick hello. How you doing? If, if, if you have not joined in before, please join us for a quick hello. It's fun meeting people from all over the place, and uh, that'd be great. That's it. So don't forget to make your uh, online donations. They matter. If, if you can help, that'd be great. And we'll see you in the Zoom chat. I hope that helps. You guys have a really, really great day. We'll see you next week.